Hi, and welcome to Effective's Top 10 Tips podcast. Each episode is a quick roundup of practical, easy-to-implement tips on a wide range of management and personal development themes. As always, full show notes for this episode, including a handy summary of each tip, are available on our website. Just see the episode notes for this and many other useful links. We also offer workshops and coaching on all topics covered in this podcast series. Today's episode is Managing High Performance. Tip number one, beware difficult consequences. Sometimes a high performer exceeds the requirement agreed by the organization, or perhaps is above the customer's expectations. And this has a negative consequence in three ways. Firstly, they are exceeding the budget set in order to produce the quality that satisfies them. Secondly, they are setting a different expectation for the customer, a higher expectation than that which the customer paid for. And so since the customer is likely to be delighted by this additional quality, the customer will expect the same in the future, even though there is no budget for that level of quality. And thirdly, by working longer and more expensively to produce the quality that they can deliver, they are foregoing working on other areas because they are now running out of time or budget to work in those areas. Tip number two. Manage perfectionists. A perfectionist is particularly prone to producing higher than required performance. So it's about identifying who your perfectionists might be and asking them to reset their definition of perfection from not the best job possible, but the best job possible with the resources available. It's no good a perfectionist producing a Rolls Royce from a mini budget. Tip number three. Check the impact on morale. As highly qualified and competent individuals, the high performers will have a lower morale when they are asked to perform at levels below their ability. They may feel de-skilled in being asked to deliver work which requires less competence than that they can offer and were trained for. Tip number four. Ask. Ask the high performer what they would value as a form of reward or recognition. You might be surprised that they're not going to say some things that you've conventionally thought they would say, like more money or time off in lieu. And time off in lieu is not very attractive really these days, because if you give somebody time off but do nothing to adjust their workload, all that means simply is when they come back, they will have more of that work to do. Examples that a high performer might ask for could include being allowed to go to a particular conference, or being paid to attend a seminar or to carry out some research in the company's time. So don't mind-read. Don't anticipate what people will want. Just ask them. Tip number five. Don't see promotion as a reward. This is a real problem. It's what I would call a double whammy, a negative double whammy. If you use promotion as a reward, it has potentially two negative consequences. The first one is it takes the person who's good away from the area in which they excel. So if you have a very competent social worker who's an excellent social worker and you reward them by promoting them to being a team leader, they're no longer contributing at the level at which they're most effective. And secondly, they may not be particularly good at being a team leader. You simply promoted them into that post because you feel they are appreciated and it's a way of giving them more status and more pay. 
but it may take them away from something they really love into something they don't particularly value or feel comfortable or even confident in. Tip number six, the danger of unrequested stretch. It's quite common these days for teachers to be asked to invest in stretch and challenge for their students. And the same can apply in most workplaces, how to get the best from each individual. And that can encourage any individual to deliver their best. But be careful. If you were to impose stretch and challenge by pushing someone who is actually fully competent in the job they are doing and doesn't actually want to be stretched and challenged, then if it's unrequested and unwanted but imposed, might this be interpreted as harassment or even bullying? Suppose your manager instituted a stretch and challenge regime for you, which you didn't seek and didn't want. How would you feel? Tip number seven. Impact of individual rewards. Pay generally is well received as recognition and reward by the recipient, but it could have a divisive impact on the rest of the colleagues or team. If you are selecting an individual for some obvious recognition and reward, are you going to be public about it? And if you are, is the recognition and reward you are offering going to be seen as fair? So if you're rewarding one person for something they have done, will their colleagues think, well, what about me? It wasn't just down to him or her. We helped in that too. So one of the dangers of selective recognition is that it might actually have an adverse effect on the rest of the team. Tip number eight. Beware favoritism. If you have a good worker, a reliable worker, someone who delivers high quality work all the time, then there's a kind of natural emotional temptation to trust them and give them the more complex or demanding tasks. As a result, this worker may well get the most development and rewarding work. You are not then providing equal opportunity within your team. So you're actually not developing the team. What's more, the good worker will become even better and stronger, which will make the gap between the best and the rest even wider. Tip number nine, praise. The cheapest and very often the most effective way of rewarding any good worker is simply to say, I appreciate what you're doing. That's brilliant. Well done. So simple acknowledgement, appreciation and thank yous may go a long way to giving the recognition and reward that they feel they deserve. People like to be and feel valued. Tip number 10. Avoid exploitation. If you have a really competent, a really excellent member of staff, somebody who is your go-to reliable person, there is the danger that you will overload them. And as a result, from feeling appreciated, they will move to feeling exploited. So be careful of over-relying and over-expecting too much from your better workers. So, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it or leave us a review. Remember, you can find full show notes on our website, plus a growing library of free resources which you can easily search by theme to find content that's relevant for you. We also offer workshops and coaching on a wide range of topics. Links to all of these resources are in the episode notes. Thank you. Thank you.